So uh, I got back late Friday night from 10 days of minimal cell coverage and lots of wildlife. Well, kind of, lots of wildlife. Lots of, lots of God's creation uh, out in Wyoming. I go out every year uh, with my family, my mom and uncles. It was a kind of a family tradition, I'd say, even in the past with my dad. And uh, we go out and elk and deer hunt. Um, and uh, I also get a buffalo. I didn't uh, give any pictures. Wanted to spare you maybe some of it. I don't know who's into hunting and who's not, but uh, I, I am, So and I love it. Um, it's one of the great things. I'm an old school, old salt with that. Matter of fact, some of the mountain people up there are like, you go where and do what? And I was like, well, we went back a couple miles and shot an elk, and then we quarter it out, and I carry it out on my back, and they're like, yeah, that's no fun. We, we just wait until we see them close to the road, then we shoot them. <laughs> but I like, the, I like the old school way of doing things. And here, here's, here's where we're going to start today. I, I appreciate Chris preaching last week. I'm excited uh, that we get to serve together. I appreciate our staff. I appreciate you as a church. Um, this last Sunday, or last Sunday, um, I didn't even have a signal to even... Uh, log in and, and watch or, or, or check it out. So I checked it out later. Um, but I appreciate Chris uh, preaching in my absence. He does a phenomenal job every time he has done that. So here, here's today's sermon title, Warning Fakes Ahead. Or if you could keep it in, in, in your mindset, the idea of dealing with an imposter. Anybody ever bought something that later on you realized, I just got duped? right? Like, I just bought something that said it was one thing, but in reality, it wasn't, right? You know what I'm talking about? Maybe, maybe in the past, it was, I don't know, there, there's, matter of fact, I had to look this up. Do you know that some of the top things uh, that are, are what we'll call uh, it made to be imposters, do you know what the number one thing is? Any of the ladies know this? What? Yes, purses, Louis Vuitton and your coach purses and bags are actually the number one thing to be like copied, replicas, fakes, and, and people will sell them at what we'll say undervalue market, but in reality, they're really making a ton of money because you can buy a fake Louis Vuitton or a fake coach bag um, that, I mean, and so you can go online and you can check this out. You can even find a way, hey, you want to know how to identify if the Louis Vuitton bag is, is fake? Go online, check it out. I'm not going to waste your time, all right? But there are ways to identify it, like the zipper and the way the, 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 the outer cover, the leather looks and things like that. So there are ways to do that. And matter of fact, today I have a Breitling watch on. Anybody know anything about Breitling watches? Okay. Like, I'm going to tell you this is real, but the reality is it's not. When I was in the Navy in Thailand, we run into these little huts and these guys who were selling stuff on the street corners, and they had things like Rolexes and Breitlings, and you're like, ooh, how much is that? And they're like, 40 bucks. And you're like, no, no, we negotiate down. I paid $20 for this watch. Matter of fact, this watch battery has died three separate times. And every time, the battery has been more expensive than the watch. <laughs> I'm not joking. When I come back, and, and here's the way it goes when I take it into the jeweler, right? Take it in because I have to take it in the jeweler because they have to take off the back of it. And they're like, oh, Breitling, nice watch. And they'll look at it. And as they're looking at it, they're like, man, this is, this is real. And I'm like, no, it's really not. And they'll always tell me, you know how I know it's fake? It's when I open it up because on the outside, it looks really realistic. 
But when I open up the inside, when I take off the back of it, I can tell it's fake. Now, if I was to go up to a person on the street and say, hey, you want to buy a Breitling watch? They'd probably be like, heck yeah. How much is that thing going to cost me? And I didn't know a thing about Breitling watches. I didn't really honestly know a lot about Rolexes other than I knew they were really expensive, right? But I bought this watch in Thailand for $20. And what's crazy is, like I said, you can look at the outside and you may be like, man, that's a Breitling watch. But inside, it's not. And what we talked about or started talking about last week is this idea of holding fast to God's word, to the God's truth. Because here's what Paul, or sorry, what Peter is beginning to unpack here in 1 Peter is this. Or sorry, in 1 Peter, he talked about holding fast to our living hope, which is Jesus Christ, because there's going to be pressure from the outside world. Then in 2 Peter, he comes to this statement, and he says, here's what we need you to do. You need to hold fast to the truth, because there's going to be things that go on inside where people are going to try and mislead you. And what we see in, in chapter 2 of 2 Peter is this, that Peter is addressing the issue of false teachers or false prophets who are arising in the church and are beginning to teach things that are contrary to what Scripture teaches us, right? And so some of those things are a lot of the things that we see going on in our world today. Things like this, hey, we can do whatever the heck you want. You can live however you want. You can do whatever you want to in the world. As long as you got Jesus, you're good. What, what Peter begins to unpack is this. No, that's not true. Because some of these false teachers, what they would do is deny Christ by their teaching, but they would also deny Christ by their lifestyle. They would take part in things. And matter of fact, if you were to read uh, Paul in, in his letters to like the first, uh, to the Corinthians and first and second Corinthians, you'll understand that there were people within the Corinthian church or the church at Corinth that were also operating in that way. They would take part in what we would call the sex trafficking industry back in those days. In other words, they would say, hey, it's okay. You can have prostitutes. You can go out and do whatever you want with these ladies and, and you can carouse or you can do it with, with even guys if you want to, because in the end it's, are, are we all saved? And what Peter begins to address here is this, that a false teacher is anybody who contradicts God's word. A false teacher is anybody who begins to stand up against what God says. And so what we see in 2 Peter chapter 2 is a big flashing warning sign, right? Like there are problems ahead. And so when we read 2 Peter chapter 2, a lot of people go, oh my gosh, this is heavy. Like it's talking about destruction and annihilation and the judgment that's going to come upon these people who preach false things. And it's important for us to look at this because sometimes we go, well, we don't like to deal with those issues, but it's important for Christians to understand that we have to identify false teachers. We have to be able to identify them within our lives, within the people that are around us, because there is going to be a time there has come a time where people are not going to surround, this is what Paul says, where they're not going to surround themselves with good, sound doctrine and teaching. Instead, they're going to tickle their ears with what they want to hear. So it may be something like this. Doesn't matter how you live. God knows the sincerity of your heart. Okay, yeah. But the Bible's very clear. It says that your heart, your heart, my heart, is deceptive above all things. It is unrighteous. Who can understand it but God? And so God knows your heart. God knows the impurities. And so I, I just wanted you to see this warning sign. It's like a big flashing warning. There's problems ahead. 
Be prepared because here's what's going to happen. So Peter encourages these believers, right, at this point in time to pay attention to the false prophets that are going to come up. Look at what he says in verse 1. There were also false prophets among the people. So this is talking about back in the day with the Israelite people. There were false prophets who would rise up. Matter of fact, if you remember the story of Elijah, Elijah comes out and he takes on the prophets of Baal, right? There were other false prophets, though, that were uh, dealing with or addressing certain things within the people of Israel. And as they did that, he says there were always, or there were false prophets in the past, just as there will be false teachers among you. So listen, false prophets, their words are like fake products, right? They send the wrong message. They communicate, hey, we're just like you on the outside, but actually, if I was to take apart the inside, I would begin to see that they're nothing at all like the real thing. They're not legitimate. They're not real. I could come up, I mean, like if I was to sit back and go, man, this is a real Breitling watch. You want to buy it? You want to buy it? You want to buy it? And somebody's like, yeah, sure. Give you $1,000. I'd be like, okay. I mean, who doesn't want like a thousand percent return on a piece of junk? Let's be honest, right? Like this isn't real. I'm going to try and sell it to you that it's real, but it's not real. And so that's exactly what Jesus has warned us. Listen, James chapter 3 says this, we who teach will be judged more strictly. So it's important for us to understand that those who teach, those who rise up to an occasion or a calling, they're going to be judged more strictly. And so when we see this 2 Peter chapter 2, what we're seeing is God playing out some things and he's communicating to us, big warning, but at the same time, here's what's going to happen. And here's what I believe we have to begin to do. As believers, or maybe as a person, maybe you're here today and you say, hey, listen, maybe I have followed some false teaching, or maybe I have learned to listen to some of the ways of the world that have affected me to think, oh, I don't have to, I I can compromise here and there. There is grace in that. Matter of fact, we just sang a lot about that with, with the various songs that we did. Jesus is coming back. And he loves us, and he loves us so much that he gives us the warning sign. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus warned us this, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. So why is Peter coming across so strong or so harsh with his words? Because he cares about the words that are taught to the people who are coming to hear about Jesus. Words matter. What we say matters. What we teach matters. And so if you remember anything, I want you to remember this today. We must be aware of false teachers who will sound godly, yet deny Christ by their words and actions. In other words, they're going to speak similar language. They're going to say certain things that sound very similar, but the only way to understand it is to understand that based upon the truth of God's word aligned with the reality of who Christ is, based upon his words. So here's what I want you to see. There are three things that we're going to look at today. Number one, you need to be on the lookout. In other words, you need to be aware, right? When I see a big flashing warning sign, right? Warning, what does that tell you? Like if I'm driving, it's like warning, road closed ahead, right? You see those big orange and white barricades, flashing orange lights, road closed. Some of us are like, well, why would you do that? I mean, you don't know what's ahead. 
There could be a big crevice in the head. Maybe the bridge went out. Maybe, maybe, there's a, maybe they dug a big hole because they're working on the water main. Who knows? But if the road's closed, there's a reason why it's closed. And what the Lord is trying to give us is a big warning sign that when you hear certain things, you see warning road closed. This is the wrong direction. Do not go this way. And it's important for believers to begin to identify this because you want to know what is right and what is wrong. So listen, you got to be on the lookout. Anyone who claims to speak for God must represent God correctly, or they will be labeled by Scripture as a false prophet. Now, here's where it gets real tricky, because there are some things that we could look at, and some people would argue there are people who believe that only Baptists will be in heaven, at which point I say, good luck, have fun, Right? I'm not talking about things like that. I'm not talking about differences on a little bit of theology here or there. I'm talking about Christology. I'm talking about the reality of what Scripture lines up and teaches, right? We can differ on speaking in tongues. We can differ on different things like that. But the reality is, when it comes down to it, who is Jesus? What did he do? And how do I get to heaven? That's the reality. So we have to be on the lookout. Why? Because false prophets will always be around. They were around back then. They were around at the time of Peter. And guess what? They're going to be around as we continue to go. As we continue to go through life. Matter of fact, I believe as times get further and further away from Jesus, further and further away from the time the gospel came out, I believe that more and more people will rise up. More and more people will begin to teach false things. More and more people are going to claim to be the Messiah. Matter of fact, that's what Jesus said in Matthew 24. So listen, scripture warns us from the beginning of times of Moses all the way to the time of the Messiah that there are going to be false prophets who arise. Isaiah warns about prophets who teach lies. Jeremiah talks about people who teach false things. Listen, all of that plays out in the way Satan wants to work things. Because Satan's desire is to work through these people because he's the father of lies. So if he can sound or look like truth, but yet speak a lie, what does he do? He wins. So it's important for us to be on the lookout. As we're staying through that, that we're on the lookout for those who teach false things. But in order to identify what's false, I've got to know God's word. I've got to know his truth. I've got to know exactly what he's communicating to me. It's important to identify that. So Peter is laying this out. So he says, there were false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. Listen to what he says in the end of verse one. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies. What does that mean? How do we play that out? In other words, they're not just going to be blatantly obvious. They're not going to be like, hey, watch this. I'm going to mislead all these people. They're going to secretly introduce destructive heresies. In other words, they're going to bring things up and begin to twist or turn Scripture to make it sound the way they want it to sound. It's not going to align with Scripture. It's not going to align with Jesus' teachings. Instead, they're going to twist it. They're going to turn it. They're going to introduce them secretly. In other words, it's only going to be a few or a select few who might even do it or, or reveal it. And listen to what it says. It says, not only will they introduce destructive heresies, but they will even deny the sovereign Lord. So when God, listen, when God begins to work, Satan begins to work as well. You guys have heard 
for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction, right? Okay? So when God begins to work in a way that he begins to work in his people, what does Satan oftentimes do? Matter of fact, if you're a new believer or somebody who comes new to Christ, you're a new believer, here's the way I believe it always works. You admit your sins, you confess your sins, you repent, you turn from your way, you turn to Jesus, and here's how Satan works. Bam, he's going to hit you hard. When you make a decision that says, I'm going to change the way my life goes to align with Scripture, Satan never goes, okay, I give up. Satan says, heck no, I'm going to come at you even harder. I'm going to work in a greater way. So when you begin to pursue righteousness under the truth of God's word, then Satan wants to come at you with unrighteous thoughts and unrighteous actions because with every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. That's the way history has played out all throughout scripture, all throughout eternity is that Satan's going to work twice as hard. So listen, there are some things we begin to understand, and I think we have to understand these ideas, these thoughts, these what we'll call heretical teachings. Now, I don't want to be the first. I'll be the first. I'm, I'm not the one who stands up here and casts blame at other pastors, preachers, leaders, and things like that and says, heretic, heretic, heretic. I think that's your responsibility. Listen, I'll call somebody out. If you were to come to me and say, hey, I've been listening to such and such, and I really question their theology, I might say, hey, you need to watch what they teach. But I think it's important for us to understand this idea of what it means to be a heretic. A heretic is someone who chooses something that isn't true. A matter of fact, a heretic is usually a person who knows it's not true, but they're going to choose to continue to teach it just because they want to get a benefit out of it, either to mislead you or to gain profit from it. A heretic is somebody who says, listen to this quote by William Barclay, a heretic is a man who believes what he wishes to believe instead of believing the truth of God which he must believe. Hear what he says? A heretic is someone who wishes to believe instead of believing the truth of God which he must believe. So we cautiously throw this out, but I want to give you some things. As a matter of fact, in my Bible, I uh, numbered these off, and I'm not going to cover all 23. I, I went through, as I went through Second Peter, I went through and I saw 23 characteristics we see in these false preachers. I'm going to cover just a few, all right? I want to encourage you, if you go back and read as you do this, we're going we're gonna to talk through this, but I want to cover these first through. Number one, a heretic or a person who is a false teacher says they bring in, secretly introduce destructive heresies. In other words, they're going to build upon human freedom and sexual immorality. That's what Peter's going to talk about. Peter is basically saying, these guys are going to say, it's okay because you're free to do whatever you want. But Galatians is very clear that you're no longer free to be slaves to sin. In other words, you don't give Satan rule or reign in your body. You follow the Lord. Because here's what was going on. These individuals, these false teachers, were probably taking part in sexual, immoral things, and they were saying, it's okay because we got Jesus. We don't need repentance. We don't have to turn. We can continue to walk in our destructive lifestyle. We can continue to, to walk in our destructive ways. We don't, we don't got to change. We don't have to be different. We don't have to confess our sins. Here's the way we're going to go. And so it says, they introduce these destructive heresies. Look at verse 10. I'm going to unpack a couple of these. 
Verse 10, this is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature and they despise authority. Look at verse 14. With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce, listen, the unstable and they are experts in greed, accursed in blood. You hear what's going on with these false teachers? Like sin is their primary goal. In other words, I'm gonna continue to do what I want because it just makes me feel good. So a destructive heresy they're introducing is, oh, you don't have to repent. You don't have to change. You can continue doing what you do. You just need to have a little bit of Jesus in your life. And that's wrong. So they bring in these destructive heresies. Number two that I see they see this on, so we gotta be aware of this. They deny Jesus as the Christ. Listen to what it says. Even denying the sovereign Lord who, listen, who bought them. When Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood for your sins and my sins, he purchased uh, you as an individual when you have acknowledged it by faith. So what they're saying is, yeah, we acknowledge that, but we're not going to change. So it says, literally, they are denying Christ by their lifestyle or by their actions, even though he purchased their sins on the cross. Listen. When we deny Christ, there are a number of ways. Number one, I can deny him and his creation, right? It says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. It says that all things were created by him and through him, by Jesus Christ. That when God created in the beginning, he spoke all things into existence, but yet with man he formed and fashioned him. And that idea of speaking him is that he used the word, which was Jesus, before he was born, before he was what we call incarnated, all right? And he spoke all things through the word, which is Christ. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He is the image of of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. All things were created by him and through him. So there's creation. We can deny Christ in creation. We can deny Christ in his incarnation. Matter of fact, what we talk about this is this. His incarnation is that he was born of a virgin through the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. And so he was incarnate. In other words, he left heaven and he came to earth so that he would die on the cross. That's the incarnation. There are lots of churches who would deny the incarnation. They would say, no, 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 God had sex with Mary. And if you grew up in that, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm not going to sit here and slam it, but it's not biblical. When somebody believes that something happened that is contrary to Scripture, then it's no longer biblical. So there's the incarnation aspect that he left heaven to come to earth. There's the salvation aspect that he lived the perfect life and paid our, for our sins through his atoning death on the cross. That's the substitution idea that he was the sacrifice for our sins. So to deny Jesus is to deny his ascension as well, which is going back to the Father where he came from in the incarnation, and it's also a denial of his second coming, which is exactly what Peter's really getting to in the end, that Jesus is going to come back and he is going to judge again. Chris touched on this last week, that he is coming back and he will judge all of mankind from here on out, you, me, and everybody else. And here's what's crazy. Peter begins to unpack this and he says, listen, the judgment for those who are false teachers is going to be brutal. And you may sit back because here's one of those teachings in today's world. You may sit back and you may say, oh, I don't like that. That's fine. 
You may not like it, but there is a difference between righteousness and unrighteousness, and the unrighteous will be judged harshly. Because when God sees him, God doesn't see his son. He doesn't see the shed blood of his son on the cross. The unrighteous are going to be judged on your works. Now listen, if I can't be saved by my works, I am only saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. I am only saved by the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. And it's his grace that gives me salvation, that offers me salvation. But it's important to understand that if I am judged by my works, I will be held accountable for my works. And so therefore, my unrighteousness, which the Bible says all of our righteousness is like filthy rags. So even when you think you're good, if you are not in Christ, you don't cut the the mode. You're not going to fit. It's not going to work. So they denied Jesus. Number two, or number three, sorry, they will bring in destructive heresies. So this is being aware. They're going to deny Jesus as Christ. Number three, they will cover up their motives. False teachers will always cover up their motives. It's not for the benefit of the kingdom. It's not for the benefit of, the, 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 of, of Christ. It's not for the benefit even of you. Listen, to me, for us to understand this, I want you to understand this completely. I believe the church's goal is always to seek the benefit of others. In other words, we want to stand on the truth of the gospel so they can hear the good news of who Jesus is and what Jesus did. And listen, God gets all the glory. But here's the motives of those, those false teachers. It's called power, it's called money, and it's called fame. They want something out of you. They don't want life for you. They want something out of you. As a matter of fact, it might be something like this. And maybe you've been to a church or two like this. Someone here today, I've been given a vision. Someone here today needs, your, matter of fact, maybe there's five of you today. You were called to give $10,000. I believe it. Somebody here today is called to give $10,000. You like that? <laughs> like the room just went like, <gasps> what? Listen, that happens all the time. I've sat there on TV and watched guys. Send in your prayer request and gift of $40 and we'll pray over it. Hey, you can submit your prayer request for free and we'll pray over it. If you want to submit $40, I'll just, you know, we'll put that in the church's general budget and we'll operate with it, right? That's not the way this works. False prophets or false teachers are always in it for power, money, and fame. They want something out of you, not for you. Look at verse 14 again. With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning, and they seduce the unstable, and they are experts in what? Greed. Experts in greed. Like, I'm not, not going to necessarily name names, but I remember listening Matter of fact, there was a guy named Hank Hanegraaff a long time ago. Talked, he had wrote a book called The Counterfeit Gospel. Anybody ever read it? But he gives the gospel based upon certain health and wealth teachers and stuff like this. And one guy claims that if you really loved God, that everybody would have a Rolls Royce. At which point I went, well, that wouldn't be my car of choice. Like, if that's the case, I want a Lamborghini, right? Or a Porsche 911 Turbo. I'm, I want something that, like, I'm going to chase the Rolls Royce off the road. 
Ain't no cop catching me in a Lamborghini or, or, or a Porsche, right? But, so here, here's what ends up happening. They want something out of you, not life for you. And the whole point of the gospel is that we all experience life and life more abundantly. And then here's the fourth thing we see. They despise authority. Look at verses 10 and verse 14. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature, and they despise authority. In other words, they don't like the authority of God even over their lives. You're not going to tell me what's right or wrong. Scripture's not going to tell me what's right or wrong. So they deny this authority aspect that plays out. So we have to be on the lookout and be aware. Number two, I want you to see is this. If we have to be aware of these false teachers who will sound godly, remember on the outside they look good, but inside they're different, yet they deny Christ by their words and actions. Number two, we have to be confident of their faith. Fate, sorry, not faith. Be confident of their faith. See, false teachers will be held responsible for their false teaching. That's what we talked about in James. Listen to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, and here's the reality of what takes place. He says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many will enter through it. See, here's what happens with false teachers. They want to make the gate as wide as possible. When what I want you to know based upon John is this, that Jesus is the gate. And no one enters the sheep pen unless they go through the gate. Who is the gate? Jesus is the gate. That's why when people say, well, I'll take a little bit of Jesus, but I'm going to take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of other things, and we're going to kind of mix it in. I don't like this whole judgment for sin. I don't like being told how I'm supposed to live. I don't like being told what, what I can and can't do. I don't like any of that. Listen, when a false teacher stands up or a false prophet were to stand up and to say, hey, you can continue in your life of sin. You can continue doing whatever the heck you want. Then what they're doing is they're sealing their own fate. They have made a decision not to align their teaching based upon the truth of God's word, but to align their teaching based upon how they feel, to make this gate wide so that many people will come. Listen again what he says. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many will enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. See, a false teacher says, you don't need repentance. You don't need to turn from the way that you have gone. You don't need to confess your sins. And listen to what it says. It says they are like beasts. It literally lays that out. Matter of fact, in, in, in verses four and following, it said that God didn't spare the first angels, verse four, spare the angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment. Then it says, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but he protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness. It's important for us to understand the fate that's going on here. Like it matters what you listen to. It matters what you eat. It matters what's going on on the inside. That is what matters. Like God doesn't look at the outside of things. We see that consistently in scripture. He looks at the heart of man. He doesn't look at how you, man, I, 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 yeah. I had a local pastor, that's a friend of mine, the other day basically say that if people dressed in suits and ties and went to church, um, that the churches would be better. And I called him on the carpet on Facebook. I don't normally do this. 
And I finally just bit my tongue after I called him on the carpet. <laughs> but I just basically said, bro, you're completely throwing out the gospel. God doesn't look at how you dress. God doesn't look at how you look. You could be the ugliest person or the most beautiful person. God doesn't look at that from a physical standpoint. God looks at what's going on in the heart. So it's important for us to understand that what's inside matters, not what's going on outside. What's going on outside is going to fail. It's going to get tarnished. It's going to get worn. It's going to get old. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Breitlings are like everything else. They get, they get more expensive as they get older. I don't know. So maybe this isn't $1,000. Maybe it's worth like four. Anybody offers? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> It matters. Listen, it matters what you listen to. It matters what you eat. It matters what you put into your body. It matters what you put into your mind. It can bring life or it can bring death. And listen, Peter's warning us because he wants us all to experience the life more abundantly that Jesus offers. So that's why there's this big warning sign. False prophets ahead. Don't listen to the junk that they want to throw into your mind. And then the third thing that we have to understand, we have to be united with the faithful that we stay close to those people who are walking in righteousness, that when somebody is chasing after the Lord, that you follow after them wholeheartedly, that you say, will you teach me what you know? Can I follow you as you live your life? And listen, don't look at them and think they're gonna walk perfectly. Because the last I checked, it says, for we all have sinned and fall what? Short of the glory of God. So yes, I wanna chase after a person who follows the Lord, but don't look at them and think that they're the savior that you walk closely with brothers and sisters who are faithfully following God's word. That is what is important as we play this out. Peter lays that out in these times because that's what he says. With Noah, he was a preacher of righteousness. And listen, here's what's crazy. Everybody faced destruction, but Noah and his seven members of his family are saved, right? Think about it. Moses for years is preaching, you guys got to repent, you got to believe, you got to repent, you got to believe. Moses, or sorry, Moses, Noah starts building the ark, all the people make fun of him, right? Waters start coming down, people are still making fun of him. All of a sudden it's flooding and it's like, whoa, wait a second. See, when you stand on the truth that Jesus is the only way, he will deliver the righteous, but the unrighteous will. Listen, and this is not the most comfortable thing that we always like to preach and talk through the unrighteous will be held accountable. Every unrighteous act of every individual will be held accountable. But listen, it says the Lord is very gracious. He is slow to anger. He is patient, not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to faith as a result. Listen, when we're united with the faithful, Noah and Lot, they weren't perfect, but they were faithful. Faithful to God's word. Faithful to be obedient no matter what it costs. Listen, verse 9 says this. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. Listen, as I, as I close out with this, I told you I had 23, but I kind of want to run through some of these. These false teachers, they're going to be bold and arrogant. They're going to have corrupt desires of the sinful nature. They despise authority. They blaspheme the Lord. 
They are brute beasts. They are creatures of instinct born only to be caught and destroyed. They, they will be paid back, verse 13, for the harm they have done. Their idea of pleasure is to carouse in broad daylight. This idea is that sexual immorality we're talking about. They carouse in broad daylight. They are blots and blemishes. They're reveling, listen, reveling in their pleasures while they feast with you. In other words, what they're saying is they walk in sin, not willing to hide it, while yet they're still going to act like, look, hey, I'm a believer. Look, see, I'm just like you. Their eyes are full of adultery. They never stop sinning. They're experts in greed. They left the straight way, which is what we talked about. They are springs without water, for they mouth empty, boastful words, and by appealing to the lustful desires of sinful human nature, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. In other words, here's what happens with a false teacher. Somebody begins to get out of the false teaching, and they start to escape, and it's like, oh, they sell them these words again. You see what happens with false prophets or false teachers? They're really good at words. They're really good at sounding like biblical teachers. But the reality is they're false. They're really good at looking like the real thing. But inwardly, they're not. Inwardly, they're going to be destroyed. See, the reality is I've kept this more as a keepsake because I like to tell everybody it's fake. It's fake. Matter of fact, I had a guy in the airport one time when I actually wore this. Uh, the battery's been dead probably for like the last five years. I don't know. Um, I can't get myself to go pay more for the battery when I've already paid for two. And I'm like, I paid 20 bucks for the watch. I think the last time I put the battery in was in Springfield and it was like $34, right, for a battery. So, and I've done it twice, so you kind of figure out my investment has uh, more than paid for itself. $20 watch, put in two batteries. If I put in a third one, I've spent, what, four times the amount, five times the amount of the watch just in batteries. But here's the reality. For me, it's more the keepsake than anything else. Because inside, it's fake. And I don't want your faith to be a keepsake. And I hope you don't want your faith to be a keepsake. In other words, a fake that nobody can see inside really what's going on. Because inside is what matters. The Lord is the one who needs to change your heart. And we build our lives upon the truth of God's word, just as we sang earlier, that we build everything upon that. Listen, here's how I want to close. Chris is going to come up here in just a second. But if you've never placed your faith and trust in Christ, it's important for us to lay that out and lay that and make that be the most important thing that you ever do. Maybe you've followed some false teaching. Maybe you've been under some false prophets. Maybe you've allowed people to not speak truth into you. Listen, and as long as I'm pastor here, we will always build our lives. We will always build our sermons based upon God's word. I'm not gonna sugarcoat things. It's not easy to preach through 2 Peter chapter two. But listen to me. We are living in a world that says we wanna avoid 2 Peter chapter two because we wanna tell you it's okay. Yes, God really does love us. And he loves us so much that he gives us a warning sign. 
He gives us a warning sign to say, listen, align your lives under the truth of Scripture. If you align your life under the truth of Scripture, you will walk in an abundance of joy, an abundance of peace, an abundance even of prosperity because he will provide your needs, not your wants, your needs. And you can experience the life that he has for you. Others may sit back and say, ah, you don't need to listen to all that. It's old, it's dated. You don't have to align your life under the truth of God's word. But my question is, do you want to experience the abundant life God has for you? Or do you want to experience the life that the world says, ah, just go ahead and keep doing it. The life that at some point in time is going to lead to destruction. Because you and I will, we will face the judgment. Every one of us will face the judgment. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for the hope that comes because of Jesus. We thank you for the promise. We thank you for the fact that we can look and be aware of the false teachers that rise before us. And God, may we not be quick to just sit back and go, that's false, that's false, that's false. And, but to be aware that we build our lives upon the truth of your word, that we learn to listen to what your word says, and as the Spirit guides us through that, revealing the truth of your word, that we align our hearts with you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.